G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about the journey that we all have with our emotions. Maybe not just short term, maybe a lifelong journey too. We'll talk about some of those things. We live in an emoji world. At the end and sometimes all the way through messages we send, we add emojis. It tells others how we feel. Well, our special guest today says it's easy to use cartoonish emojis to represent our emotions, but sometimes they mask the way we really feel. We're turning our attention today to our emotions as a rich part of human experience, even a gift from God. Wendy Burns is back with us. Wendy's new book is called Unmask, Stop Hiding and Start Living. It's about transformation through trauma and pain and into joy and purpose. Wendy says healthy emotional expression develops when we decide to take hold of our thought life mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Wendy Burns, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, good morning, Neil, and a lovely welcome back from beautiful, cool Darwin this morning. Yes, well, uh, what is it like in Darwin? Is it uh, a sunny day? It usually is this time of day, isn't it? It's sunny, but we had about 18 degrees this morning, which was such a pleasant change. It's You can feel the dry season in the air, so it's the best time in Darwin. You didn't feel like putting a jumper on? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I needed something and it was just, I thought I must be acclimatising. <laughs> hey, Wendy, uh, give us a little update on your book. Uh, this is your new one. Uh, we did lots and lots of segments around your first book called Remarkable You. You're becoming well known for a lot of listeners and the sorts of things we talk about. But uh, how's your new book going? Oh, look, unmask, stop hiding, start living. And I'll just show you in case anybody's watching on Skype. It is impacting and changing lives across the world. It is a, a very practical book on how to drop the mask that we carry. You know, we, we're created to live a, a, a uniquely for the Lord, but the world comes at us and we mask up, right? It, things happen to us and we mask up. And this book has just been so powerful in helping so many women. And now Kurong have picked it up and it's sitting in Kurong, which is great. So it's handy for everybody to get a copy. Every time we talk, uh, I usually ask you to give us a little insight into your own experience, and it's a hard-hitting thing to hear uh, what you've been through in your own life. And if we're talking about emotions and emotional health and moving from those places of trauma and pain into a place of, you know, God's purpose and his goodness, understanding those things. Perhaps for listeners who are not so familiar with you, I wonder if you've got a just a, a little, in a nutshell, just your story, Wendy. Yeah, sure. As in a nutshell as I can. Um, my emotions control my life for way too long. 
uh, and it started when I was 13. I was brought up in a home that was filled with physical abuse, alcoholism, suicide, sexual abuse. It was a, a bit of a mess. Uh, on my 13th birthday, my father committed suicide and he got me to hand him the gun and I witnessed that suicide. Uh, and the same night, my uncle's effort to comfort me, he decided it was to sexually abuse me. So it was a big journey being impacted for a 13-year-old girl to pick up and try and run with. And then on my 17th birthday, my mum also committed suicide. So there's a lot in that. That's very nutshellish. But um, in that, it my life became out of control. And you can only imagine if you're listening to this and everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story, none worse, none better than anybody else's. And this is about how our emotions get out of control in those moments because they take over, don't they, Neil? And that's certainly what happened to me. And, you know, in our younger years, we perhaps have even less control and we're more emotionally driven than when we do get a little bit older and start to appreciate uh, the way we respond when all sorts of situations come. But you've not been defeated by all of the trauma and pain of your past uh, there was an encounter with God that brought you into a new understanding of how things work. Uh, in a nutshell, again, Wendy, just a, a quick in a nutshell, because this sort of does form foundation for what we're talking about today. Sure. Um, when I, I was out of control, everything in my life was out of control, and I was contemplating suicide myself, right? I was making that decision that this is the only way that I can go because that's what my parents had shown me. When I was 34, I had a, an encounter with the Lord. Uh, I made a decision to follow Jesus when a lady prayed for me and told me that God knew the guilt I'd carried over my father's death. Nobody knew that I'd handed him the gun. Nobody knew that. So God got my intention in that moment. So I had that initial encounter. I accepted Jesus into my heart. But guess what? I still wanted to control everything. I didn't give Jesus a control that he wanted over my life. I was still self-reliant. I still wanted to be in charge. And my, why wouldn't I be, right? I didn't know who this Jesus was. I still had to take the journey to know who this amazing Jesus was in my life. But sadly, it took me quite a long time still after that, Neil. So uh, I st It's a process, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, of being one who has a level of control over your emotions. And it hasn't held you back that those sorts of things, that encounter with God, an understanding of his purpose for you. And sometimes we understand that in a shallow way and it gets deeper as we get perhaps a little bit older. But you've gone on professionally to become an internationally certified Maxwell leadership coach, a speaker, a trainer. And you teach professional topics like leadership and empowering women. Uh, an inspirational speaker, and uh, when listeners hear your story, they are no doubt inspired by that. But when you're talking to groups, Wendy, uh, whether it's about suicide, uh, domestic violence, uh, battles with alcoholism, uh, sexual assault, as you mentioned, uh, you're talking to those people from the viewpoint of someone who is a survivor. So when we're talking about emotions, uh, all of those issues, all of those consequences of our lives are wrapped up often in our emotions how often do you find you're moving into that conversation about getting emotions under control 
Sure. It seems to be a daily thing in no matter what context I'm speaking in. Our emotions play such a big role, don't they? They colour everything that we do uh, and learning to understand the role that, that, that they play. Like there's, there's that great quote that our... Um, our emotions come at us like waves. So if you're a surfer, you're at the beach, you're surfing, you might, you know, you've got your board, whatever you, you, you do when you go to the beach, you might body surf, but you're picking the waves you're going to surf. Our emotions roll in like those waves over us. And quite often we don't stop and pick the one that we're going to, to surf, right? We let them come in and they take over. So growing in that awareness of our emotions is everything that affects our attitude, our behaviour, our thoughts, our actions, all of those things. And learning to understand that uh, it takes us on a road of speculation. It affects grief. It affects disappointment. It affects all of those things in our life and our ability to grow. And what I find is what we tend to do is we try and cover it up. We, you know, we keep it inside. We, we don't often show. Some, some will explode and we, we see those emotional impacts. My emotions, even when I was still sitting in church, were taking me on a road of still contemplating suicide because I didn't understand that our emotions don't always tell us the truth, that they do lie to us. Our feelings lie to us. And when you're caught up in those emotions, uh, I love a metaphor that you use in your book. Uh, it can be like a wild horse uh, that runs mm. everywhere. Uh, that wild horse illustration, is that from your own experience? Yes, it is. <laughs> they, our emotions do run like that wild horse, don't they? And, and we have to bridle them. Just like a horse, we'd pull it back and we'd bridle it. Well, guess what, listeners? We need to do the same. If we can bridle our emotions, don't edit them, understand them, name them, um, and, and try and bridle them, hold them. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about how to do that, I'm sure. But yes, they run away like that wild horse, don't they, Neil? Uh, they do. And interestingly, uh, when we're talking about the emotions out of control, uh, running around like the wild horse, uh, we can get the feeling that, uh, that somehow or other uh, our emotions are an enemy. But in actual fact, when we get to know our emotions, uh, they actually become our friend. And any thoughts on that? Mm. Because if you've had this emotional experience that's taken you down some pretty dark places, um, getting a hold of those emotions, moving them in a different direction, that, uh, that's an interesting and very powerful aspect. Oh, absolutely. And our emotions are such a rich part of our human existence, right? God created our emotions. It's just learning how we bring them in under alignment with the Lord. So, so consecrating our emotions to Jesus, when we give our heart to Jesus, we give ourselves fully to Jesus. So when we start to see that we can actually do the same with our emotions and we can uh, consecrate them to the Lord and, and ask Jesus to be to bring his strength and care into our emotional life, that just takes us on a whole different journey of where our emotions sit. And let's stay with Jesus for a moment here because Jesus is not a cold, mechanical, overbearing overlord. Uh, he's personal, he's relational. And in what we read about him in the Gospels, we can see that he was an emotional man in the same sorts of emotions that we experience. Oh, absolutely. And I love that we, we get to read about that, that he had such an emotional journey. His experience was filled with 
joy and sorrow. Um, we know that he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He grieved over the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. He laughed with his friends. He could be surprised. He could be irritated. And guess what? Jesus could even be angry. And so he models for us this rich spectrum of emotional expression. He felt things deeply, but it also shows us how to govern those emotions. And I think that's the beauty of the word of God, right? It is. It is beautiful because when you contrast the wild horse, the emotions out of control, and you bring that contrast with Jesus, as you might even say, the master of emotions, showing those forth, uh, even anger at different times. Uh, but he is the perfect example of how emotional mastery happens. How do you like to talk about emotional mastery? Because, you know, you writing your book about uh, the art of self-leadership or emotional health, emotional re- uh, re- resilience. How do, you, how do you talk about that? Yeah, I talk about starting to understand the role emotions play in our life, right? So it starts by not trying to fix them. It's not about fixing them. This Because our emotions actually don't respond to fixing. It's not like we can take this medication and our emotions are going to be better. This is about understanding them, honouring our emotions, naming them. So, for example, if I can use an example... Often we wake up in the morning, well, we wake up in the morning, yes, Wendy, Uh, when we wake up in the morning, how we put our feet on the floor, how we get out of bed of the morning, the emotions that we're feeling when we wake up, if we wake up feeling irritated and angry, that's what we'll do through our day. Start to bring that greater awareness in, how do I feel? And so even in the beginning of your day, and I'm a believer in journaling, um, is just bringing this to the Lord and and honouring it, naming it. Today I feel really sad or today I feel irritated. Why? Why are you feeling that? Asking yourself the question, why am I feeling that? And then bringing Jesus into those feelings. And what happens even, uh, oh, I've lost my words for a moment, but even um, when they've done um, surveys and, and a greater understanding on emotions, we know that they respond. When we name them, it softens them. When we name our emotion, it actually softens the impact of it because we're calling it for what it is. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Wendy Burns is our guest. Wendy's new book is called Unmask, Stop Hiding and Start Living. It's about transformation through trauma and pain and into joy and purpose. Not everyone's story is as intense as Wendy's has been, but you might like to contribute to our conversation on 1-800-316-316. Wendy, when we're talking about Jesus and emotions and having mastery over those emotions what else do you like to focus on Uh, biblical foundation Uh, what is true and right and what is not moving it's solid and sound and is going to be uh, the truth it has been it is and it will be how do you reflect on uh, other issues from the scripture around our emotions 
and I love bringing everything back to scripture and knowing that that is such a strong foundation and it gives us a greater perspective, doesn't it? And the Proverbs and the Psalms and, you know, all through the New Testament are, are fabulous. It gives us those things to build on. But there's a proverb that I really love and that is Proverbs 4.23 and I, I'm a bit of a fan of the Passion Translation and it says, pay attention to the welfare of our innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. So what's inside of us will come out. So what's inside of us does come out and we need to pray, pay attention to that. And I think every day we get to make a choice that will take us further towards God in understanding and walking with Jesus in this space or further away. Um, and so when we make the choice to sit in under the word, um, you know, Psalm 23, verse 4 is one of my favourite. Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away fear. So when we're in those places, we can go back to that word and memorising those scriptures that will really just empower us to find our way through, I find is really important. Uh, wonderful, and there's lots of scriptures, and listeners might have uh, your own favourite scripture to be able to contribute to our conversation today. 1-800-316-316. Uh, there's one in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, and we'll often use the scripture to talk about those things that are uh, opposing the things of God. Uh, but there's a very interesting way that it, it moves in a twist. Uh, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And the interesting thing is we take every thought captive to obey yes. Christ. Now, taking thoughts captive, I suspect, has got lots of meaning for taking emotions captive because emotions send our minds uh, off like wild horses, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So so we can bring them captive. We can bring them captive under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's that's the key that I have found has been the greatest tool for me in my journey of emotions. See, we need, and, and in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, stay alert uh, for the enemy, the great enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And ladies and gentlemen that are listening today, he's looking to devour us through our emotions because, you know, our emotions can take over. They run wild like those horses and we get devoured by them because what we empower will devour us. So how do you control the wild horse? You put a bridle on the wild horse. Uh, how do you suggest uh, for listeners around thinking through these issues? And this is everyone. This is not just people who are having an emotional crisis. This is all of us. How do you get a bridle on that wild horse that takes over every now and then, wants to run off in its own direction? What are your thoughts here, Wendy? Stop and breathe. The best way in an emotional state, because we, re we, we react instead of responding. So if we just stop and breathe for a moment, Look at the facts of the situation. I often ask Jesus to catch my heart in that moment. Just catch my heart, Lord, catch my heart. Because our emotions affect our heart. And often those emotions will flow out of our mouth uh, when they shouldn't flow out of our mouth. So that's a great start for me. I start to become more aware of my behavior and my response in that moment. Can I give you an example? Just yes. a little personal example. It's always good if you've got an example, right? Yep. Simple, right? I'm not I'm not immune to this either. Like I am still on this journey. I don't think it's ever a one and done. Until we get to heaven, we're still going to have to bridle our emotions. 
I've had a really big day. I'm often on Zoom all day. And uh, my husband was having a lovely little rest on the lounge and I'm going out and the dishes are still on the sink and I'm starting to wash those dishes and I am not being gentle with them, right? And we don't have a dishwasher. We are the dishwasher. Um, and I'm starting to throw those dishes around and I had to stop and think, hold on a minute, why are you doing this? What's going on here? And I had to stop and breathe and I had to name what was going on for me. I was angry, dare I say, that he, he was resting while I was working. And he was entitled to rest. He'd mowed the lawn, so he, he was entitled to rest. But what happens is those little emotions that compound, right, and then we blow up. So stopping, being aware as it starts to come, that's why stopping and breathing and think, okay, what's going on here? Is it great to, no matter what you're feeling or the situation that you're in? Stop and breathe uh, or you'll be out shopping buying another dinner set. Hey, hey, also, uh, there's lots of dimensions here on uh, perhaps how you get that bridle on the wild horse. Uh, But the thought of uh, self-talk, and some people get concerned about that in Christian life. Uh, There's one way our emotions lead us to talk. There's another way that we might be led by Scripture or even by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as to how we talk. What are your thoughts over this mastery of the way we talk, uh, this sort of self-talk that does go on in our own heads? Mm, And so important, actually, it was in one of my daily readings today as well, that we say things and we make agreement with those things that, for example, if we say, I'm a failure, we all we make an agreement that we are a failure and that affects our emotions, right? We're better to say, okay, I made a mistake, but I'm not a failure because of that. I will align that to the truth. So we start to align to the truth our words. Our words matter. Our words are powerful and they affect us. So what we say about ourselves is is so important. What we say to others is so important, but what we say over about ourselves is extremely important as much as what we think in our mind. That's why I did a, a chapter in my new book on our, our on what we think. What we say, what we think are so powerful. So bringing them back into alignment and starting to think about, well, I you know, I choose to know, okay, um, I, I am good at what I do. Sometimes I mess up, but I give it a go. So just rephrasing, learning to rephrase and reframe, I think is really important, Neil. And none of us, again, are immune to that. And I'm just reminded of uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which is just an amazing scripture and been a long-time favorite of mine. Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and so that you can test and discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And it, it is a favorite because actually it works because the choice not to be conformed to the patterns of this world and being transformed by the renewal of, of your mind, this is the thing that actually affects our emotions as well. Any thoughts there just as we're leading up to the news? Yeah, that's the power of choice, isn't it? Transformation happens within us. So so I love that scripture, bringing things back in under that word. But we can make a choice to be transformed or we can make a choice to stay within those thoughts that are not healthy and not helpful. So, yes, coming back in under thinking about what can I do? And, and the other scripture, and I, I can't put my mind on, on what the scripture is, but think on the things that are lovely and beautiful and kind and gentle. So we change our thought life as well. And that gives us a different 
perspective. And of course, it's all the more rich, Wendy, when you're not just feeling good about yourself and you're introducing these sorts of thoughts and words and uh, actions into the way you'll handle the crisis when it comes. When you're in the middle of the crisis, that's when it really counts. Because if you do this bit of preparation before the crisis comes, you're going to be well prepared, aren't you? Yes, so have a strategy. I I love it. I say to the the people that I work with, have a strategy on how you're going to handle those emotional moments. When you feel those waves of emotion come, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? And so building a strategy in, okay, I'm going to be more aware of how I'm feeling today, whether I'm sad or, or, you know, happy or joyful or angry. Don't edit our emotions. I think we get caught up thinking that we have to edit and pretend they're not there and masking up. But when we're more aware and we start to stop and think, well, if this is how I'm feeling, how am I going to behave? Uh, how, what are my words going to be like today? I'm going to be, have a greater awareness that I'm feeling a bit irritated because I'm tired. So what am I going to do about that? So it's understanding yourself more. That's why we talk about self-leadership, not incented leadership, but understanding how we operate as a person and that's a great art of self-leadership we might enlarge on some things after the news and listeners might like to contribute but um, you know to let the wild horse run free uh, just add alcohol Uh, we might talk about that Uh, you might have your own experiences to share around that as well so we're going to continue our conversation after the news Uh, Wendy I mentioned just before the news and uh, I hope I'm not throwing you into the deep end here but uh, when we've seen that wild horse expression and maybe it's been our own experience or we've seen this in our family members or those who are our neighbours, just add alcohol and uh, just see what happens when emotional uh, roller coasters really get going. Uh, This is something of your experience too. Sure. When you add alcohol to a situation, it can become a powerful destructive force when out of control, can't it? And, you know, as a child... Um, my parents were both alcoholics and I lived in that space Uh, and even as you know that 13 14 year old girl uh, my mother used to feed me alcohol because I became her drinking partner because she had nobody else to drink with so I understand that experience what I've seen we're seeing it more right across the world aren't we we're seeing it right across society and here in the Northern Territory at the moment we're seeing that it is that unbridled horse out of control so people are quite emotional you add alcohol into that and we've seen some people killed sadly when they can't even get the alcohol that they want so emotions out of control are dangerous You know, we mentioned earlier you're in Darwin and your reflection perhaps is being seen across the Northern Territory. There are some real challenges that are going on right now and alcohol is just a part of what's happening in the mix there. But it is very severe and uh, very close to home when you live in the city there as you do in Darwin. Yeah, very much so. It's I think everybody's got a greater level of awareness of it at the moment. Uh, and, and I know our government, and I'm not going political in any way, are doing what they can. 
but people still have a choice in what they do. So we talk about the choice of our emotions. It's the same with this. Um, you know, we, we hear the saying, add this to it and it'll make it better. Well, I think when people are out of control emotionally, then they add alcohol. It doesn't make it better, it makes it worse. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people suffering in that place. And Darwin's just one of these examples. And then we, we go into that DV and all of those dreadful things that, you know, I'm a survivor of. and. And so they're big, they're big platforms that I like to speak to. And in some sense, not looking at alcohol and demonising alcohol itself. No, but it's no. alcohol that fuels some of the major challenges that you might have emotionally. And so if there's a whole lot of things that are out of alignment and that might have been building up through your whole life, uh, add alcohol into the mix and that just exacerbates the problem. So alcohol might itself not actually be... Uh, the demon drink uh, because a lot of people enjoy alcohol and it is a wonderful part of their life but when you've got the emotional unrest turmoil Mm. uh, even the bad experiences that have never been resolved from your past alcohol just becomes the thing that is actually then quite evil any thoughts here about about getting control of those things that have happened and hurt you in the past so that you can then master uh, alcohol yeah, yeah. And, and you're right that that's exactly right it both you know both separate but both together as well so so when our emotions are a journey. Like we started the conversation to say that these are uh, take us on a journey. So our emotional discernment is really important when we've not dealt with sadness or grief or trauma or the things from our past, they just compound. And you know, that's what Unmask is all about. That trauma builds up and it becomes quite toxic within us and then it explodes, whether you know, in an angry situation or you know, you add alcohol and you're either totally depressed or or you know out of control and I'm not saying it's bad there's nothing wrong with a, a glass of wine with a meal I'm talking about a different situation the thing I love I love the quote there's a quote from M Asher and it's you know it's not in the Bible but it's a quote from someone who's very wise that says motions are the precursor of emotions and I've popped it in my book so motions when we take an action uh, often it's a precursor of an of emotions emotions will come but we can always choose to do something to avoid them crushing us so remember i talked about the waves that crash over us emotions will come we get to decide what we're going to do with it we make a choice so it is about action choice belief choice abc what do you believe about yourself that i can get this under control and what choice am i going to make that's going to help me do that how can i bring this back into alignment of the truth of god's word We love to pursue the highs, the good emotions, and we try to avoid the lows or all those Mm. bad emotions, things of our past. And it might appear that so many have no way of actually seeing those hurts, uh, those pain times, uh, those issues of their past, no way of seeing them healed. Uh, This, of course, is uh, obviously uh, one of those points where you'd say the good news, the gospel, is about how you get healing from those hurts from your past. But when we talk about hurts and pain, uh, things like disappointments, uh, these sorts of things uh, can lead to emotional burnout. What are your thoughts around even things like disappointments? 
Mm, yeah, disappointment, it really is a slow accumulation of disappointments that lead to emotional burnout, emotional fatigue, right? We tend to grow numb with disappointments and we shut down. So they compound, you know, when something doesn't go right. We often hear people say, everything I touch goes wrong. So, so those disappointments tend to compound, right? So again, just like bringing those, our emotions in under the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ and consecrating them to him, we can name our disappointments when we, we start to talk about them uh, we can bring them back in under the Lord and and again it's the same Neil if I dare jump into grief you know that um, unintended sorrow uh, probably come becomes one of the top killers of our souls in our lives if we don't and what I mean by that is when we don't express our grief and we keep large parts of our hearts weighed down we we have no joy and that's where I was I had so much grief in my life from everything that had happened to me, even when I was still sitting in the church. Parts of my life that I hadn't brought to the Lord, that I had kept locked away, it weighs us down for so long. And again, being able to name that grief, you know, talk about our losses instead of masking it up. Um, and, and, and scripture is beautiful because it models, there's great models of lament and healthy grieving within scripture. Um, you know, Psalm 34 talks about the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So, you know, we have these incredible tools. This, this book of life, our Bible is our book of life, right, that shows us how to, um, how to work our way through grief and disappointment, which are all part of our emotional journey, our rich human emotional journey. We never know when the next crisis is going to come, whether that's grief or loss, uh, those hurts, those pains uh, that are always developing. And even if it's not just for ourselves personally, it might be for a husband or wife, our own children. I mean, this when we start to talk about the kids now, it uh, takes it out of us just being concerned about our own grief and pain. Uh, and it also brings into how we actually prepare our children because they too will undoubtedly uh, come across all sorts of hurts and things that they will have to deal with. So we're modelling something here, aren't we? Yeah, and that's why talking about our emotions is important. When you're modelling it, um, I'll use an example again, personal example. We have our little granddaughter. We mind her on a Monday and a Friday uh, and she she's two, so she can have a little emotional explosion uh, as a two-year-old. So I actually talk to her about that, that, you know, I know that you're feeling this, but that's not what we do. We don't throw the blocks or we don't do this. So start talking about and naming what she's feeling. She's upset about the fact that the tower fell down. I know they're only simple things. But when we start to talk about and naming that emotion, as I said before, research has shown that when we name it, it actually softens the impact of the emotion. So helping children and helping our teenagers and helping ourselves in turn, identifying what it is we're feeling is paramount on this emotional journey. I always love a conversation when we're talking about those practical things that we can do uh, and bringing God into the issues of our lives. It's not just mm. something that happens at church while we're warming a pew on Sunday morning. This is, this is seven days a week. This is the everyday stuff. I know you like to talk about in your book how you consecrate your emotions to the Lord. 
Um, yeah. And, of course, with the assumption that he's the one who's given to us emotions, he's the one who's already modeled for us uh, through Jesus and the, the narrative that we have in the Gospels about how those emotions work perfectly. But how do you consecrate your emotions to the mm. Lord? And I love the word consecrate because it means when we consecrate something, we give it to something and so when we consecrate ourselves to the Lord, we give ourselves to the Lord to be holy. He is, right? So our emotions are part of our walk with the Lord, who we are, Christ in us, Christ within us. So when I consecrate my emotional life to the Lord, it's just a really simple prayer. I consecrate to you, Lord, all of my emotional life, you know, all of my feelings, my reactions, my hurts, my heartaches. I give you my joy and my sorrow, my anger, my empathy and my speculation. Speculation is a great one to bring back to the Lord, dedicating my emotional life to the Lord God and to him alone. And so it is, when I consecrate it to him, I give it to him. When I wrote Unmask, this was fully holy. Every word I typed, I consecrated it to the Lord because I wanted to come in under his covering. And so we can bring our emotional life in under his covering. And we can talk to him about he wants us to have that beautiful, rich, one-on-one relationship with him. And we can talk to him about how we're feeling. And honestly, Neil, that was the difference between making a decision to follow Jesus and living a life in relationship, in relation with Jesus, in that pure, intimate relationship with Jesus. Uh, Let's take this another step further professionally too, because, uh, you know, as someone who is a a professional coach in that sense of what you do, uh, the way that if you've got your emotions under some level of control, that actually then allows you to channel that energy that you have then, uh, which is not all taken up and taken over by the wild horse running rampant, uh, but then able to then look at the things that you'd like to do with your life, uh, to, uh, to, to uh, your, your career, your business, uh, the community service that you want to be a part of, your local church, these sorts of things, channeling that energy into places mm. that you have dreamed about but you've felt like you were somehow or other just that wild horse running, running wild. Uh, thoughts here about where you can go, what it does for your life when you've got those emotions oh. bridled? It helps you have a greater vision for what God has called you to do, right? I know for me, if I hadn't of, if this was an area in my life that I left out of control, right, I would not be where I am today. Because when those things are out of control, I can't actually hear what God is calling me to do. I would live so masked up, so hiding all of that muck that was in my life that I had to let that down to be able to actually hear what God was was saying to me. And and we get a greater sense of, of vision and creativity and purpose and call on our life when our minds are clearer, when we're not tied up or anchored down by that unbridled horse of our emotions. So we start to see clearer. Uh, In the workplace, we know if our emotions are out of control in the workplace, it's a dangerous thing. You know, we can see that play out in um, being bullied or becoming a bully or having explosions that are all not okay in the workplace. And as if you are a leader in a workplace, and, and I work with a lot of leaders, is it's really important that you are able to uh, bridle what you're feeling inside those emotions, like there's good empathy and healthy emotions, but also not letting your emotions be out of control. Because as a leader, people watch you. As a mum, 
people watch you as a dad people watch you as an individual people see how we behave and that 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 speaks a lot to the character of who we are and I think listeners will appreciate there's really practical insight into gaining some level of control over those wild horse emotions. Let's keep on really practical here too because there's something else in your book to draw attention to. You have what you call I choose to know statements. So if you're, if you're saying, okay, well, I've been hearing some great stuff from Wendy. Where might I start here to just bring my out-of-control emotions under some level of control? Uh, how do you describe those I choose to know statements? Great. I, it's a great question, Neil. Uh, we get a choice, and I said earlier in our conversation that we get a choice that will take us further towards the Lord or further away, a choice to take us further in our growth or further away. So we can become bitter or we can become better on our journey of emotional resilience. So my I choose to know no statements are because we get a choice. I can choose to know that uh, I am a child of the king. So for me, it's always about I know who I am and whose I am. I choose to know who I am and whose I am. I choose to know that I can bridle my emotions. I choose to know that I can have a healthy understanding of this gift of emotions. So it's making a choice. So creating your own choose to know statements. Uh, throughout my book, uh, I have got samples be, uh, of mine, but it's important that everybody creates their own and most of my clients have them. But I choose to know I have brave belief. I choose to know I have the courage to make better choices. I choose to know that I'm worthy of a different life. I choose to know that despite my circumstances, my past, my age, I will impact and change my future. You can just go on and create some beautiful statements that you can put in your journal, you can put up on your mirror, on your fridge to remind yourself of who you are. And, and for me, I choose to know I'm a daughter of the great high king. And some of this doesn't always come to mind, I'm sure, uh, just naturally and, you know, it's just not, you know, Wendy sits down uh, to have her journaling time, a time, a quiet time before God, and it's always there and you're feeling wonderful about it. You've actually got to, uh, to get yourself into that mode. Uh, you've got to have some level of discipline to actually have that quiet time each day where you might just bridle those uh, out-of-control emotions. This is an important aspect, isn't it? So if you're going to have one discipline, perhaps it is that quiet time with God. Yeah, absolutely. If I don't have my quiet time with the Lord in the morning, I feel like everything is out of control for me and that is so important that I have that quiet time because it's the things that become habitual that actually shape our lives. So the things that become a habit will shape our lives. So for me, having that quiet time, sitting with the Lord, and you know what? I teach on this, but I'm not perfect. I don't always get it right. You know, I'm just human like everybody else and like the listeners. But if, we, if we're talking about emotions, like this morning, I, I journaled on the fact that I always feel nervous when I come on with you, Neil, I'm always, which is a good thing because I'm not relying on my own strength. I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. So I was journaling on what that felt like, and I was bringing that into the Lord as I was reading today's scripture. So what I did was I noticed it, I named it, 
and I invited Jesus into that emotion that I was feeling this morning. And that because, that's because I'm growing that area of self-awareness of what I'm feeling. So when I wake up in the morning, how am I feeling? So now when I wake up, I lie there for a moment and I think, how am I feeling? And, you know, for me, I'm always saying good morning to our, our Heavenly Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit. But that's my journey. That's how I do it. But I name how I'm feeling. And so... It's all about preparing that strategy for shepherding. We've bridled, we're talking about bridling the horse, but now we're talking about we're moving from horse to sheep. So we're shepherding our emotions, uh, that conscious awareness, uh, so we're not caught up in the lies of negative emotions. I said before that our emotions don't always tell us the truth. When we're in that emotional state, throwing dishes around the sink, I could have easily thought my husband's been really lazy today and hasn't done the dishes, but he had actually been outside working, edging, mowing the lawn, and he was entitled to have a little rest on the lounge, have a little snooze. But I could have got caught up and that could have got out of control. So it is just even the simple things. The simple things, and when we talk simple things, I mean, I couldn't help but think, uh, you know, for the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, uh, receiving manna and quail, Ooh. and uh, the manna would arrive each night. Uh, each night, it was uh, new and fresh every morning, and uh, the trusting in God for the day ahead, uh, not thinking uh, too much. Always the big picture when you're going through some sort of emotional crisis, but hear what is happening now in this moment. And the fact, Wendy, that we are all a work in progress, and I know oh, listeners yes. uh, will have heard your heartbeat in there as you're saying, well, I'm not perfect, but uh, I've got these thoughts on these things. Just to take us back to uh, where the rubber hits the road, uh, you said when you are handling your emotions, getting control of them, uh, your choice is that you can become bitter or you can become better. It's a simple choice, isn't it? Uh, and then yeah. having those practical places to start uh, that's 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 the the end of it here you can either choose to become bitter or choose to become better uh, just as a closing thought here um, you know you've got some plans for the future and you'll recognize that those plans for your future are based on how you're dealing with things today you've got to start right now haven't you yeah today matters what we do today matters that's what building resilience is all about. So if we start today with the things that we can control, we may be in a situation or a, a, a life that we're in that is out of control for us. But the thing that we can always choose in that is what we do, what we say, how we behave. So the choices that we make, and that's the power of choice that we have. And that's what I'm a believer in, Neil, the power of choice that we have to make a decision that will move us closer to who God has called us to be. And that's about dropping that mask so we can live fully in who God has called us to be. Well, Wendy, our time has run out, but for listeners to connect with you, I'm going to give a website in just a few moments, but just to mention the book we've been talking about, Wendy's new book, it's called Unmask, Stop Hiding and Start Living. And it comes along with a companion journal for mapping your progress. So as Wendy's talking about that journaling experience each day, she's actually got a companion journal that goes along with her new book called Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living. And in your book, the action plan, ABC, action, belief, choice. Uh, let me point listeners to how they can connect with you, wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. 
And you'll also find there a link to get Wendy's earlier book called Remarkable You. Wendy tells her story in that book. But you'll find it at wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. Wendy, wonderful insights as always. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Always wonderful to be here now. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.